It's time to strap in for another edition of the Cars Guide podcast, the show that takes you beyond the test drive. This is episode number 215, Best Electric Cars Coming in 2022. I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James Cleary, and joining me in looking at the oncoming crop of cars without a tailpipe are senior journalist Richard Berry. Hello. And the lead on our EV guide, Tom White. Hello. We'll also take a look at the fresh metal we've been driving this week and dive into your feedback. YouTube is you can jump ahead via the time codes in the notes or click on the chapter markers in the timeline. So let's get to it. Best EVs, and I must clarify, coming to Australia um, in 2022, some of them are around in other parts of the globe. But um, Tom, you authored this story that we're, we're going to have a, a, a walk through. And you made the point at the beginning that it felt like 2021 was a, a turning point, that where people were starting to realise that maybe the next car they'd buy might be an ICE car, but the one after that uh, might be a pure EV or, or even earlier. Do, do you, you still stick with that? I think it's half the people I talk to just anecdotally in real life at the moment is, you know, not on the internet. Uh, it, they're, they're talking about either they're going to wait until they can buy an EV or they're frustrated that they can't afford one now. Um, yep. And right. so there's, I think there's a big sentiment out there. We've seen it reflected in the traffic as well. You know, um, EV guides had a really good kind of, um, you know, launch period of people really interested in all these topics um, that we're sort of writing about. And especially this one, best electric yep. cars arriving in 2022. Um, there's a lot of really interesting cars coming out that are going to change the price point, change the amount of range, uh, you know, how fast they can charge. Um, so I think, yep, it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting year. There's going to be some really interesting launches and uh, I think people will have a lot to look forward to. And part of that, um, Richard, is, is infrastructure. And, you know, judging by the car that's in your background there, um, it's, yes. it's, it's <clears throat> unlikely to be EV powered, although it could be. Um, the, it's the charging infrastructure as well, isn't it, that, that needs to come up to speed for people to confidently go out and buy an electric car. Absolutely. There is no electric vehicle quite as adorable as the Hirohata Mercury behind me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> famous Barris Custom uh, and very close okay. to my heart. Okay, now, great. I, um, look, this, something's going on here, and I think Australia's in a prime position to completely stuff this up, like the NBN and like everything else, the patches. Um the, the general population is now completely primed and ready for an mm. electric vehicle. And I know this because mum's talking about it, right? And okay. then mum's kind of that talkback radio level where she's, she's determined to sell her i30, the Hyundai i30, and her, she wants an electric vehicle now. But the problem is, is that she can't have one uh, because they are too expensive. The right. infrastructure the infrastructure's not there. I swear yeah. I've been waiting at a charger myself for two hours to get onto the charger. If even five more people buy an electric vehicle, I yeah. would have had to have waited five times longer. So yes. there's not enough chargers in the, in the country. They take too long to charge. And not only that, people, the etiquette of chargers is out the window too. People just leave their car in the charger and then go off shopping. and then Even back. after it's charged, it's still Even after up. it's charged, they use yeah. it as a parking spot. Um, so, yeah, this is the issue that we've got. The... the, the the audience, the the population is primed and it's taken, as Tom said, so long. And we've watched the traffic build and mm. build and build for EVs over the last 10 years. Finally, the people are ready, but the cars aren't here yet. Um, there's only a handful of cars that you can really buy. There's only a couple which are truly affordable. Um, the 
you know, there's issues, still issues with range. Um, Australian conditions aren't very EV friendly either in terms of the temperature um, of the country uh, and running the electric vehicles and also the distances, the remote distances as well. Yeah, so, well and just to, just to clarify there, it's not even talking about like when we talk about the temperature of the country, it, it's yeah. not to do with battery count. It's to do with the fact that you have to run the aircon. Air so you con. can take at least 20Ks off yes, exactly. yes. the total range exactly. of your car. It's not well, great. there'll be a couple of cars once we get into this uh, story that are getting closer to the affordability threshold, however you define that. But also, Tom, you, you wrote a news story also about Shell in the UK experimenting with an EV hub where some of those concerns that you raised, Richard, are at least a, they're addressed to some degree where okay, acknowledging that cars, electric cars take a while to charge. So it's a convenience store, it's a coffee lounge, it's a other things to do. That to me sounds like a stopgap measure uh, until cars are faster to charge. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I, look, I think with the charger thing, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Because what, what happens is you get people who are interested in buying electric cars, but they don't want to buy an electric car because there's nowhere to charge it up. And mm. Then because no one's buying an electric car, the companies that build the chargers go, oh, it's not profitable for me to put this in because yes. no one's buying an electric car. So it, it's a real kind of- Which, uh, which is first. where in other jurisdictions, government has stepped in and, yeah, and yeah. played some part in establishing all of that. But uh, that's a whole other discussion. We're, we're here to talk about the products. So let's, let's start, eh? And the first one, Audi's already some way down the road uh, with its e-tron SUV, but now uh, we're getting into the, the the performance side of things, and it's their take on the Taycan. You know, the, the Porsche Taycan. It's the e-tron GT. Uh, it's a four-door coupe. Tom, tell us about it. Yeah, same platform um, as as the Taycan or, or Taycan, however you want to uh, pronounce that. I, I should look into how you pronounce that correctly because it's one. Of we those we ones often get tongue tied with what we call Macan, and we've been told it's Macha. Machan. Machan, yeah. No, it's Macan. It's Macan. Macan? Anyway, who knows? Someone will, someone will, someone will set us straight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. right. So, so, so um, e-tron GT, <laughs> back on topic. Uh, it's it's powerful. It's quick. It's a low-slung. Um, you can think of it sort of like uh, it's bigger than a, um, a A7 or, or S7. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's wide. It's low. Uh, big battery. Um, yep. And importantly, it has an 800 volt architecture, and this is yep. one of those things that's going to get interesting. I think going forward, when when people are looking at sort of the specs of electric cars and uh, the different voltage of architectures, essentially determines how fast they can charge. And so, yes, um, this car being on a, an 800 volt architecture uh, allows it to charge at a rate of 207 kilowatts, which might not. Have, uh, have, have we got charges that'll put that much juice out at this point? There's a handful in Australia. Handful. There, okay. There's maybe well, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne, as far as I know, but right. um, they're, they're planning to put a, a few more in. Uh-huh. Um, and so essentially that means uh, th- it'll travel 488 kilometres yep. and it'll recharge that. Like that's a pretty long range. Like that's one of the longer ranges of, of all EVs cool. on the market at the moment. It will charge that in... 22 minutes and 30 seconds, according to Audi, if you can get the full 270 kilowatts. So, yeah, I mean, is, that's... Which is rare at this point. But, yeah, long range, fast charging time, and the car itself is fast too. It'll yep. put down uh, it'll put down some crazy amount, 440 kilowatts, 830 newton meters. Yeah, and that's the RS oh. version. So there'll be an RS1, mm. and it's early this <clears throat> year. So that that's interesting. Rich, Richard, um, let's keep rolling through. 
Yep. The next one, BMW is another brand with some runs on the board in terms of EVs. We've seen them go yep. down the path of i3 and i8. Maybe yep. that was a bit of a blind alley. They've reassessed and, and come back. And the, yep. the ones we're talking about, uh, you know, we're following iX3. We've got um, yep. the i4. Um, and it's uh, coming in the first quarter of this year. And it's familiar territory in that it looks a lot like the 4 Series. It has that distinctive grille. Um, what do you think is that closer to the mark from BMW's point of view? Uh, yeah, look, it, it is. I remember going to a BMW launch about five years ago and them telling us that they weren't going to move over to EVs just yet uh, because they weren't sure if there was any money to be made out of them. So you know uh, that there is now money to be made out of them when we're seeing things like the iX and the i4 and, and, and things like that. Look, they're so true to the BMW brand. Um, they still look like BMWs. They don't look like an i8 or an i3, which yeah. just looks like a science experiment, even yeah. though I think the i8's amazing and, and I I'm love the i3. i3 lover. I'm a yeah. big fan of that car. They're so good. It's almost like they've gone, oh, hang on, maybe we shouldn't go too kooky. Uh, maybe our, our, uh, our buyer ship is not quite ready for... A, ca- a carbon monocoque, you know, it's carbon monocoque made out of stuff. driftwood, you know, yeah, that type yeah, of thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is cool. But you know, I don't think it's completely BMW buyer profile, and I think this is. So I think, um, I think this is well on the way. I think it'll be bought in like hotcakes, absolutely. Cool. Anyway, yeah. it's it's looking like it'll start at just under a hundred grand. So um, when it, not necessarily uh, passing the affordability test for a lot of people. It's also just quickly uh, joining two other uh, really interesting BMWs that have launched uh, just recently, the the iX3, which is the electric yeah. version of the X3, and the iX, which is the big flagship. SUV, like, yeah. Yeah, SUV. It's like an X7, but electric. It, it's, yeah. It's, but it's interesting. Have you and seen think- that change color? Have you yeah, seen the, yeah, the, 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 CES, how it's paint. able to, yes, yeah. it's amazing. Um, so I think the i4, there'll also be a performance version, um, M50. So, uh, you know, that's the thing about electric motors. Uh, all these cars are so hugely powerful with so much torque. I don't know whether that's what people really want. But um, anyway, that's the way, way it's going at the premium end of things. But we now get into BYD. And this is where we're talking about cars that might come closer to most people's budgets. Um, And BYD, the Yuan Plus, first half of this year, uh, the local importer is Nexport. And I don't know about you, Tom, I did a little bit of digging and they have a zero emission bus running in Sydney. Um, They're doing all kinds of things. And part of it being these cars, they reckon they'll have six new models um, within a reasonable amount of time. But this first one is an SUV, and it's it's midsize, but kind of somewhere between small to large midsize. I think it's it's worth remembering, like BYD. People aren't going to know BYD in Australia, so so BYD is new to Australia. It's a Chinese uh, automaker. Um, it's pretty huge in China, and uh, it's made a lot of ground on electric cars. It uses a, a slightly different battery sort of chemistry and design to a lot of rival automakers. And, and the whole point of that is bringing the cost down so that, um, you know, yep. there's more affordable options on the market. And obviously mm. they can also snap up that uh, sort of entry level to the EV space as well. And they're hoping to do that here in in um, Australia as well. So they're bringing their first model. It's it's about Nissan Qashqai size, according right. to the dimensions. It'll be interesting yep. to see what it looks like because we know a lot of those those um, SUVs that come in between that midsize and the small SUV space tend to look 
quite different depending on their design. Like some of them look quite big and some of them yep. look quite small. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this one looks, but it's promising um, 450 kilometers of range and they're claiming around $40,000. Around forty grand. Would, yeah. would that pass the mum test, do you reckon, Richard? Is that getting closer to the mark? It's an online model, so they'll be selling directly online. She might be a bit thrown by um, the name. Um, oh, okay. She has trouble with names anyway, um, but right. uh, build your dreams. Uh, she'd be like, oh, that's a bit of a wank, Richard, isn't it? Um, that's what she'd say. Um, she, she wouldn't necessarily be a proud owner of a build your dreams. I don't know. I think, okay. she, I think okay. she would prefer to have a well-known established brand like Hyundai as an electric Hyundai. Do you know what I mean? Will, Will um, look, the, the dreams don't end there because there's a second <laughs> build your dreams. Uh, it's the EA1. And this time we're talking about mid-2022. It's a hatchback. Again, 400 kilometres plus worth mm. of range. Um, similar, am I right in thinking similar underpinnings, Tom, and, and a cobalt-free uh, battery, which I think you were referring to just a little while ago? Yeah, so uh, that's, uh, again, one of the special things about um, uh, BYD is, is from the beginning they, they realised that resources were going to be a problem in battery manufacturing. And so they've this battery that underpins this car, it's called the Blade battery, it's, it, it is mm. cobalt-free. And they're, they're also trying to remove... Or, or lower the amount of lithium in it and stuff like this. And, and the point of that is co cobalt's a, a controversial uh, material. You're going to start hearing a lot more about yeah. cobalt in the coming years because it's a controversial material in the EV industry. It's required mm. for high-voltage lithium batteries right now, uh, but it only comes from, I think, two places in the world. It, it comes from Russia and the Congo. Yeah, and, and it's uh, mined by children. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and of course, and Blade is a fabulous movie franchise as well. So there are all true. kinds of commercial possibilities. Got into it. Never got into it. Arrives. And so the, the, the BYDEA one, okay, it's back on topic again. Sorry, uh, sorry. The BYDEA one, it's a small hatchback. Yeah. Um, uh, you can probably think of it, it it's, it's, it's bigger than it looks, but uh, may, maybe kind of that kind of Kia Rio size um, yep. and, yeah. um, or maybe a little bit bigger than that even. Um, it's like a Jazz, uh, Honda Jazz. Yeah, it okay. looks like a Honda Jazz. Like it's got mm. that kind of vibe to it, that kind of stubby nose and stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, 400 plus kilometer range up to, um, and it's promising to be be quite affordable. In in China, it's it's called the the Dolphin. So if you've seen oh. it around with that name, that, that's why. Um, oh, and interestingly, Dolphin. on the topic of BYD, yes, uh, they say it's for build your dreams, but I think mm. that's a branding exercise because it? I was reading uh. that there was an interview with the founder, who's quite a character, um, and he uh, coyly admitted that originally it stood for bring your dollars. Hey, Does that's it. it. That's where everyone's mind Bring goes. Bring your dollars. Bring your dough. Um, well, now, Richard, this is a brand that you've had a bit to do with over time. Genesis is going to put its spin uh, on yep. the Ionic 5 from Hyundai and the EV6 from Kia uh, yep. to have its first fully electric model, and it's called yep. the GV60, and it's an SUV. What do you make of that? Yes, and this is the thing. That, that little, what is it, little Jazz BYD is not going to sell and no one's going to buy that. We've seen the micro car market in Australia has shrunk to basically the Picanto. I love the and Picanto. The Fiat, and the Fiat 500. Yeah, but the Picanto, if they made an electric version of that. Whew. And we're yeah. not getting the electric version of the Fiat 500, which is a No, that's shot. right. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. No, but I think the Genesis GV60, it looks amazing. And especially in that yellow, yellow pine lime, pine lime splice color. Um, 
And it will have, yes, the same underpinnings I, I understand as the EV6 and the Ionic 5. So it's going to be bulletproof underneath. Um, we need electric SUVs. That's SUVs are the most popular car or type of vehicle in Australia. So electric SUVs, these tiny electric hatchbacks aren't going to sell. No one wants a tiny, a tiny hatchback, petrol or otherwise anyway. So I like this GV60. Still, that Genesis name has a long way to go, though. It does. But, but, I, but yeah. it's interesting, the slowly, slowly kind of approach mm. um, with the deep pockets of Hyundai behind it, where oh, yeah. others have, have faltered. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm talking infinity, I suppose. Um, yep. They're not making any great claims about their volume coming at it from a, a, a different perspective. And, you know, so far... That seems to be working according to plan. But uh, yeah, and they, and, they, and they fully admitted that they knew it would be a, a long uphill battle, and that they were yeah. sort of willing to commit to it. And uh, that, yeah. I, I think they're hoping, you know, that the cars will speak for themselves because most of, like, pretty much all the cars come out of Genesis so far have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too yeah. true. So yes, that's a build. A slow That'll be build. a winner. That'll be a winner. Now, yes, slow we, build, but big winner. We were talking about Hyundai and Ionic <clears throat> um, as its standalone electric entity. And of course, we've had the five, and following five is six. Um, so it's based on it's a mid-sized sedan, and it's we think uh, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, that was based on this prophecy concept. And people mm. on YouTube be able to see a couple of pics of that, which is a mm. super sleek looking machine. So yeah. if it's uh, anything like that, um, and when are we talking for that? It's this year, but I uh, don't know exactly when. Do you have a read on that, Tom? No, they they um, haven't given us a, like a quarter for that, but they they do say it will be um, this year. year. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and, we, and we know that we know that once the cars like the car hasn't even been revealed yet, um, but we know that once that happens, uh, if there's any brand that will get it to our market like snap quickly, it's it's Hyundai. They they they're very good at doing that. So and I think we we managed to jag a, a kind of a sneak peek, did we not? Where one looked to be coming off a production line or or some kind of assembly line. I think it's a render, but I, I'm uh, not sure. No, okay. no, it's not. It's, it's, it's from not. one of our spies. We oh, got really? Mal, because little did people now, Mal's very flexible, our editor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he's wearing his Mission Impossible sort of his all, black all beanie, black, he's got the... He's got, the, he's got into yeah. the Genesis, and not Genesis, it was all the same factory, and managed to snap that pic anyway. using his belt camera. Yeah, I'm just imagining him with the, the Hamburglar mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And look, uh, amazingly, you make the point, Tom, that the Ionic 6 will be followed by the Ionic 7 um, in, in early 2024, which is a large SUV. So more to come. And Ionic's we'll, we'll see we'll see, we'll see the Kia version of that first, I think, um, right the large SUV. Okay. Well, what we're talking about next is a Kia, and it's the EV6, lots of 5s, 6s, and 7s uh, flying yes. around here. So uh, it's Kia's first take on that those underpinnings that are under the Ionic 5 and rear or all-wheel drive. Tom, would that mean either a front motor or rear motor or, you know, uh, is that how it would be configured? Yeah, it's the same as, same as Ionic 5. So, you know, if you've seen that car out there, um, it, it starts rear-wheel drive though. So even though it's a, oh, okay. sort of a, a mid-size SUV um, and, and you kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, it's just going to be front-wheel drive, whatever. No, they've engineered that platform to have all the driving dynamics and, and all of this, this, this kind of cooked in benefits of a Ooh. rear drive platform. Yeah. Um, and so it starts rear and then you get a front motor if you, if you want the all wheel drive one, the key is promising that um, it, it, it will be like 
at the higher end of the market than the Ionic 5, which is really interesting. They're targeting okay. a different position to they, that car and then they're going full sporty, full luxury. Like it, it should be pretty nice. And I, I've it, seen a couple it, on the roads already. So it is going to be Kia's most expensive car. It's going to be rushing ah. right up against the 100K mark. It's going to be a $100,000 Kia. And that's for the top of the range car. Yeah. But zero to 100 in what, 3.1 seconds? That's right. I mean, that that yeah. begs the question. They're all yeah. super fast, but how yep. many people want that kind of uh, acceleration? Anyway, Me, I, I do. Okay, but I think well, that'll I, play I, out I, over time. You know, I think as well. Like the, uh, and I've been saying this for a while ever since Tesla have just been ridiculously fast. I, I think power figures are just going to stop mattering because everything yeah, right. will be so fast. Yeah. Do you know what? As well, I think even road rules will need to be changed because I've we've all driven electric vehicles and. You've got, a, you've got a double yellow line where you can't pass somebody. But in an electric vehicle, your acceleration is so brutal that you could pass someone on that particular corner. So I reckon there's going to have to be a complete overview of current road rules and signage. Interesting. That's a, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Even mm. yeah, even tyres are being overhauled at the moment. Um, mm. To you know, they, they have to think about having low rolling resistance, but enough grip for all yeah. the extra weight. Uh, and so, and and the developments that are going on in tyre technology right now. Um, the mm. most recent facelift of the uh, uh, Hyundai uh, Kona Electric, it, it got something like forty k's more range. All they changed was the tyres. They didn't change uh, yeah. anything else. I see. Okay, well, that's interesting. I've got to say about that EV6, it, 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 to me, it's a cross between a small wagon and SUV. It's really in that mid space between them, low slung, but long wheelbase, as you say in the story, Tom. It's, but it's very sportage, actually. The, the, the next one, the, the next one so. to me, it's the EQE Mercedes Benz. So it's going into the mainstream heartland for Mercedes Benz, the E Class, um, an electric version of their traditional sedan. And just one word comes. Well, it's, it's two, two syllables, comes to mind for me with this car, which is dashboard. That, that full-blown, full-width dash that just kind of dances its way across the, the car is incredible. Um, to me, it looks amazing, but also I wonder where it's going to go wrong first. Is this one, <laughs> is, is this one upmanship? Is, is, this, is this one upmanship? Yeah. Like, are we talking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we talking now, like, like MBUX or uh, oh, Inbox, sure. as we like yeah. to call it in the office? Um, yeah. it, it's been so successful and so emulated by so many other brands that kind of dual widescreen yeah. layout. It looks amazing. It's super glitzy. It, it, it like has all, everything that consumers are looking to buy right now in a car like that. Mm. But now that that's been so emulated in the market elsewhere, have they've they gone, gone big. No, no, no. We've got to go. We've got to go even more. Just make the whole thing a screen. You know, just quietly, I'd really like to know what the cost is because I reckon it'd probably be less than a lot of people think. I think it's yeah. one of those things where it presents as a dazzling, like wow yeah. factor. But screens—they're in so many devices that everybody use. Most people use these days. I just don't know whether it's a a high cost thing it could be a great way of creating a lot of drama at relatively low cost jc i would even say that these days that the cost of producing analog instruments and installing them into a dashboard in a cluster would be more than a yeah. you know lcd screen totally yeah. agree that's why yeah, back yeah. back in the day electric windows were such a win uh, for yeah. manufacturers because they were super easy to manufacture easy to install weighed less and you could yeah. charge more yeah. I, th um, I think we, I think a manual we, crank was, was yeah. much more expensive i think we also have to talk about how controversial the exterior appearance of this yeah car is. i can't believe we haven't mentioned that yet oh i'm just <laughs> dominated by the dash 
It's because you don't want to think about the outside, which Fair is enough. Co- Fair controversial enough. because it's <laughs> yeah. kind of got this amorphous <laughs> yeah. pill shape. I, I don't even know it what It does to look call it. like. It looks like a Panadol yeah. pill. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does it have a smiley face on the bonnet or something like that? Well, but it's, it's, I think it's also interesting that, you know, we, we see with the BMW i4 that BMW want to kind of stick close to what their consumer expects. Yeah. But Mercedes have just sort of flipped the script on its head and yeah. gone, ah, oh, we're going to, because I think the E Class looks lovely now. Yeah. And they're just, they're just going, oh, we're going to get rid of all that. And, well, and, I, I suppose at the very least, you've got to say hats off for a roll of the dice, you know, trying something uh, different and, yeah. and uh, a little bit of courage uh, goes a long way. So, Let's move on. Speaking of of, uh, of courage, Polestar is a brand that's been making uh, big moves in the electric mm. space. Um, they've now got a high riding kind of sedan body on the Polestar Two, um, again yep. following the Polestar One. Um, so we've got this numerical uh, domination, but they have really got their design game face on. It's a, a fantastic looking car. If we're worried about the the E Class from Merck. Uh, this one certainly looks the business and it's dual motor. It's It's got it all going on top. Yeah. What's uh, look for me. Uh, I mean, we've already driven this car. It, yep. it does technically arrive in February. Um, and that's because there's been some logistics delays with Polestar being able to sell the cars. So the, the cars have been here since um, late last year. Um, and so we've had the opportunity to drive them. And um, I don't know, you, you've driven one, Richard. I've driven one. I'm not yeah. sure. If, if, I put 900 Ks on one. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure if James has had a chance to <laughs> not, um, not so far get behind the wheel, but yeah, it, it. I think they. I think it drives great. I think it looks fantastic. It really does own that Scando paired back, but also really tasteful look. Yeah. Um, and and, and, I, think and po- I was going to say highlights the the Google integrated software oh, stuff. Like that's a bit of a step forward. That is the that was the best. The fact that you could go, hey Google, take me to Shoal Bay. Right. And it would just, or, or the address in Shoal Bay where we went on holiday, and it instantly did it better than any inbuilt navigation ever, or better than using your phone. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the cost to that at the moment is you don't have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. They do expect you to use all the functions through. Yeah. It's essentially like having Android built into your car, though. Yeah. Um, so that is a cost, but they do say Apple CarPlay is being worked on. So um, yeah. if you if you're yeah. still pining after that feature, it's on the way. Uh, the other good thing, about, the great thing about this car is it does bring the cost down. Yes, it's in a premium market space, but no, it's not too expensive. Like the the starting starting model uh, is about the same as a you know a base model Tesla Model Three, and and you know kind of nearly equivalent spec. So that that's really nice okay. to see. There's a proper competitor in that space now. Did, did you cool. know Leonardo DiCaprio has also been rolling it? So he's, so, yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio is a massive environmental act, uh, activist. So right. between between Geely and and Volvo, um, the third player is Leo, <laughs> and he's actually providing a lot of the money. Amazing, interesting. Amazing. Well, amazing fact. There, there is just, just quickly. I know. What I learned that on the set of Titanic, actually. Um, <laughs> which, of course, you're an extra on. Um, was was uh, in the band. <laughs> um, but the, that is one of Polestar's brand differences. Is that is they promise that the cars are traced cradle to grave in terms of all of their emissions and their environmental in, impact, and that they, they do try and reduce the amount of. Uh, materials that can't be recycled in the car right okay so where are we now were we we were just on polestar we're now heading towards volvo c40 
Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, in the same kind of family, but it's a small SUV. I think late this year is its timing. Um, again, we've got the Google integrated software, um, as I understand it, and it will be, again, an exclusively online sales model, uh, which is interesting. It seems to be a distinct trend when it comes to these EVs. It's strange. Yes. I, don't know, I don't know if there's enough, there is enough distinction between Polestar and Volvo. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Tom, is Polestar supposed to be the performance v- version of the Volvo? It, 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 was, it was. It was. It was the. It, it ran everything from their motorsport programs um, to performance-oriented yep. versions of the. Of so the yeah, but but it, yeah. I know the little blue tile on the back of the um, tailgate. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But but now, like, what is the, supposed to be the distinction between Volvo and Polestar? Because I'm telling you. Everything that was in that Pulsar that I drove was in a regular Volvo. It's the yep. same materials, the same screens, the same steering wheel, the same everything, but just with Pulsar branding. So that was one question that we did ask uh, the Pulsar people uh, when we when we had a sort of dial-in uh, conference yeah. with them. And um, they, they said that's actually a really interesting question. And yes, the Pulsar 2 is, is very similar to cars like the C40 and the XC40 shares a platform, shares a battery, shares the motors, shares the interior technology, as you said. But they said going forward, the brands are going to start to go apart. So the Polestar 2 is more of a, like a car. I wouldn't say it's a car of convenience because it is still like it's got that sort of zany design and, and, and a value proposition that Volvo doesn't have right now. But um, it's in that kind of, okay, we can lean on these things right. to build a car to, and get it to, to market to get now. some momentum going get some yes. momentum going yeah that's not to say it's a bad car i mean we've driven it it's great but mm. um they said in the future polestar is going to move in another direction and i and i think uh, the most interesting thing is they kept talking about oh we're, we're going to take on porsche in all these segments so we're going to have right. a, a a macan rival we're going to have a panamera rival like uh, there's going to be all these so they of- I, so that's what i reckon they're doing it's it will continue to be the performance division yeah. of Volvo, but right. as an electric entity. Yeah. And they said the designs are going to like start to go way apart from Volvo. Like they'll share platforms, but the yep. designs they put on top are going to be like as zany as they can make them. All right. Yeah. Well, look, that's cool. And I think we started with an Audi. Let's bookend it with another Audi. Um, the last one is the S version of the e-tron. The e-tron is a car that we're already familiar with. But in typical Audi fashion, dialing up the performance yet again, the S uh, will launch at some stage this year. There'll be an SUV-style body and a coupe, and they're not in the affordable uh, range. I think we're <laughs> we're talking 165 and 172 uh, for those two cars. So it's it's one of those ones that you won't see all that often. I dare say. A little bit less range um, than the um, more, more entry level 55, uh, but. That uh, top spec car that costs 172 plus, um, it has 973 newton meters of torque. I know. And look, I was thinking, I was thinking back to uh, combustion cars that I've driven with that much torque, Mm. and it was an Merck AMG SL65. So it's the it was the V12 um, Roadster, and it had a thousand newton meters. And here is this Audi uh, just. You just get the feeling yeah. it could just be a dial, you know, when the when the car comes off the end of the production line, what do we want it to have? Oh, yeah, close to a 1,000. That was like the that. one we took to Tasmania, I think, at the time. That Correct. was a rocket. That was it. Yeah, that was a lot of talk. 
uh, no matter how you produce it, that's a lot of talk. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, look, that's that's a that's a great wrap up. So I make it eleven cars that we've highlighted there. Um, for all the details, the story is on the Cars Guide site. So if you if you want to get extra info, please head there. But now we're going to go to our garage and cars that we've been driving. And um, Richard, I'd like to start with you. Uh, yes. The good, the good, the bad, the summary um, on. Tell us about it, please. Okay. Look, uh, one of the perks of having this job is that you can look ahead in the car calendar and see what cars are coming up, and you can sometimes put your hand up for them. We've just been moving, and I noticed a, cat, a whole series of caddies coming up, and I spoke to our, our car uh, wrangling guru and managed to get myself into the caddies. Uh, the main caddy that I've been in for, for the majority of the time that I want to talk about is the Caddy Crew Van Maxi. Um, yep. And it's a long wheelbase. So it comes with five seats. That's the good thing about this car is that it comes with five seats, but also a really substantial cargo area. I'd say the bad thing about it is you can't wind those second row windows down. Uh, and you can't even do that on the, the passenger version of the Caddy, the Caddy Life, which I'm currently driving at the moment too. So you can't wind those windows down. Um, but at the same time, I've loved this car because it's seriously worked as hard as me. Um, and I'm still surprised by how much you can fit in there. So it, it, it's Super. based on, it's on the same platform as a new golf, uh, Volkswagen Golf. So it drives like a car, but it, you know, it, has it really drives van. like a car, doesn't it? Absolutely. That, that was nice. one of the things that took me aback the most. Yeah. I kept expecting it. Yeah, to disappoint me somewhere. Like no, I was driving, and I'm like, "Come fantastic. on, come on!" Like, yeah, have the big crash and rattle. Never happened. It's really very easy what, to forget. It's very easy to forget that you've got an entire house that it's of boxes van. in the Isn't back. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so, but but when it's when it's empty, do you still get a bit of booming? I mean, it's the nature yeah. of a boxy vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, do. Okay. Look in the cargo in the the full on cargo version of the two seats. Yeah, you you run like in the back. Uh, yeah. Not so much in the the crew van. Uh, that was wasn't anywhere near as you know boomy, but um yeah, it's, yep. but the insulation is, is darn good. So yeah, super mm. good on you. Thank you, Richard. Tom, we're moving to a different brand from Volkswagen to Lexus. Please tell mm -hmm. us what you've been driving, and it is in tune with the theme of today's show. Yes, it is. So I've been driving the uh, Lexus UX three hundred E, and so the UX is the the smallest current Lexus uh, now that the CT has been officially uh, killed off. Um, so the, the UX is a small SUV. Um, and I think the, the biggest benefit uh, of going electric for this car is that it now really feels like a Lexus. I think my problem with the UX before was, uh, you know, you could choose it as a hybrid or a, a two liter with a CVT. And it just didn't, it just didn't feel like a luxury car. Like it, it, that drivetrain was quite unrefined and it did really feel like you, you were just sort of driving a, a CHR with a nicer badge on it and, and to be fair, a much nicer interior. But the 300E now with this electric drivetrain, it's much quieter. It's much more subtle in the way it does everything. It feels like a really coherent EV, a really coherent uh, luxury car now. And, and I think it's... It, that's what that car needed. So cool. it, I think it's cool. lovely. On the downside, though, it's not as cheap as it could be. Um, yes, it competes very directly with the EQA, um, EQA class, which is the Mercedes equivalent, essentially. Yep. And I think it's actually more coherent as both an EV and a luxury car uh, compared to the EQA. I think it feels a bit nicer than, than that car with an equivalent power output. However, 
for very similar money, you can get into a Volvo uh, XC40 Recharge Pure Electric, which has twice the power. Yeah. Twice the right, power. Right. Dual motor, the Volvo, all-wheel right. drive. Right. Yeah, you'd go gotcha. to Volvo. I do, right. like, I do like the styling of that UX, though. I think it's probably the prettiest Lexus ever made. Um, really? I love, it's got little fins on the tail lights. They look amazing. Like, okay. like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a debate for another time. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll finish it off. BMW 4 Series, so M440i xDrive, meaning all-wheel drive, uh, Grand Coupe. Um, so it's a three-litre turbo petrol, uh, inline six, eight-speed auto, all-wheel drive. It's about $115,000, $116,000. 285 kilowatts, 500 newton metres um, in quite a, a compact little car. It's, it's in competition with things like a C43, uh, Merc AMG, S5 Sportback, um, and a few others. The pluses, I think, are numerous. Um, the style, I'm not a fan of that grille um, on, on the 4 Series, but that aside, I think it's a stylish car. The value in that part of the market is strong when you look at the equipment list. Um, practicality, surprisingly practical and spacious in the back particularly. It's refined and it's just that engine, 0 to 100 in 4.7 um, seconds. It's a cracker of an engine. Um, minus the grille. Um, I'm not a fan. Uh, the warranty BMW is now lagging badly in that premium market with a three-year unlimited. They've got to go to five years sooner rather than later, I would have thought. The door handles are quite slender. And you notice in the wet weather particularly, when you go to open the door, it's an upward lifting little, little slender panel. Your hand slips off. Um, if you uh, favoured long fingernails, I think they'd be broken within minutes. Um, it was just a, a little design flaw that stuck out for me. And the lane departure warning was overly keen uh, to, mm. to correct you all the time. And I actually turned it off. Um, and you can dial down the steering wheel vibration warnings as well. But overall, I thought it was a lovely driving experience. Um, really enjoyed it. So I think in that part of the market, it's a good option. Against tough competition, because the S5 particularly, I think also is a great car. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Now we're going to go to feedback. It's comment of the week. And as I've said before, it's on top of the shipping container at the front of the car's guide forecourt, you know, with the bunting up, the balloons are out, yeah. the fluoro yeah. paint on the windscreen. This yes. is the one that, that stood out. And Einfelder says, now we were talking last week about best uh, 4x4s and, and SUVs coming in 2022. And I think Crafty touched, we touched on the uh, Ineos Grenadier. And he says, now, Einfelder says, how could you possibly label the Grenadier, quote, pretty pricey when a POS, now you guys might know what that uh, acronym means. Uh, I'm, power I'm, of. Uh, some, anyway. Power uh, like an Everest costs the same. Or 79 series, or Prado, or basic 300 series. Get a grip. The Grenadier is a state-of-the-art new design and everything off-roaders can want except a track record. Uh, with the quality of developers that have been used throughout the Grenadier evolution, it seems implausible that it will be as failure-prone as a discovery. The 300 has no track record yet either, especially the engine. Um, so, you know, with the way um, that that's a very, very interesting uh, point of view, I think. Um, I think, uh, look, I, I can't, having, as Elon Musk says, uh, running a car company is the most difficult thing that he's ever done. And this is a bloke who run, also runs a, a space company. Mm. Grenadier will not be here next year. Oh, okay. That's an okay. interesting call. That, we'll yeah, put that on the list call. of calls that we've made. Yeah. Uh, we well, also I, I, said I, Tesla would be gone in two years, but uh, well, I did. <laughs> but they won't be. Mark my words. 
Fuck my words. I, I actually also agree with him that I, I think the, the coolest thing about the Grenadier is that it's so interesting. Like, it's so cool. And it's then, got so then, many details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yes, just, but is it sustainable as a car company? We will well, see. We will well, see. Well, they, they do have one foot in the future as well because, yeah, okay, they're launching with this kind of BMW running gear, but yeah. they've, they've also teamed up um, with, uh, I think, a Hyundai, was it? They're going to put a, a fuel cell EV in one oh, and yeah. they're, they're oh, experimenting yeah. with no, that. They're just rich boys playing with toys. Well, look, the money runs it, out. Tom says it's been... BMW diesel or petrol is the is the engine, and from eighty four thousand five hundred, that sounds like a fair chunk of change. But in that part of the market, you know, that a starting price, yeah. you've got a Defender at seventy one. Okay, that unca- undercuts it, but it doesn't take much to get a Land Cruiser uh, three hundred up beyond that, well beyond that. So interesting point, mm. very very good comment. Yeah, and we're, we're in such an interesting time, Richard. Don't be such a city. This no, is the not, time for new the automakers. You came up with two drunk rich guys at a pub who said, why don't we make a Land Rover Defender, but the way it should be? Yes, oh, the, let's yeah. do it. The That's way you the, were saying that, I thought you were there, Richard. You might have actually planted it, it was the seed of your idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look, with that, we have reached the finish line. So it is time to say thank you, Tom. Thank you. And thank you, Richard. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks to our production genius, Editing Emperor and Vibe Manager, Mr. Pritchard, for his dedication to the Cars Guide podcast cause. Today, he's wearing a T-shirt saying A-N-B-G. That's bang out of order. Donut pants and horse slippers. They are incredible. Jump into the conversation. Cars Guide's on Facebook and Instagram or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Apple podcast listeners, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Five is the preferred number of stars. That would be great. Thank you. Um, If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe to the Cars Guide YouTube channel so you can stay on top of all our latest content and everything that we've been talking about. You can find more detail on it at the site as well. But before we go, my wife took her car to the automotive Sparky to have a dodgy interior light fixed. Pick the car up. Light was fine. But as she drove away, she was zapped by a current coming through the steering wheel. Understandably, she was upset and angry, went straight back to old mate and gave it to him with both barrels. All he could say was, yeah, people are usually shocked when they find out I'm a rubbish auto electrician. (laughs) What? (laughs) People are usually shocked. Oh, that was the joke. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there it is. You got new glasses. Oh.